Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Owl House. I'm Nobody, and joining me is Quill, the most wanted criminal on the Boiling Isles. How are you today, Quill? Uh, just kind of tired. <laughs> it's, I mean, as, as I've been talking for, like, basically since we started this show, uh, I am officially now in Connecticut. It's been a fucking weird week. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, God, like, thinking about it, the last time we recorded, I was still in North Carolina. That was Wednesday of last week. It's now Thursday the following week. And, like, since then, it's just been a bunch of packing, driving to pick up my friend, driving back, packing up the moving truck, driving, <laughs> like, 640 miles, I think it was. Something like that. It was, like, 500 the first day, and then, like, the other, like, three hours or so worth the next. So we arrived, like, around noon on Monday. We got... We made at least pretty good time with like reassembling my bed, the desk, and the, the dresser, which of course I had to take a moment to not be helpful with to put out the tweet for the episode. <laughs> Sorry. Like my friend, my yeah, no, it was okay. My friend just was like, he saw it and he was like, huh, I see the latest episode of us where those is out, and I was like, yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we got that all done. He got back on the train back home, like at like six in the morning the next day that was uh that was like probably the hardest part just having to wake up after such a little amount of sleep and i was like i have so much to do and i'm dead tired but i need to get back up to get him on his way because oh god yeah ouch yeah yeah that's like i've been just a lot of stuff like already did the job interview yesterday for like a job that was pretty similar to what i used to do in that mailroom setting so like it's slightly like bigger projection and bigger company so the fact that I have that like 28 months of experience with almost like two years of that being mm -hmm. more or less by myself in the mail room ideally makes me kind of a shoe-in candidate because I mean I already did a phone interview with them before the in-person so I feel like it's like kind of at that point already like an 80% assurance if they're already doing a second interview you think yeah can I do yeah hopefully I get word of that <laughs> um, yep. Had, had a little uh, stumbling block with uh, starting injections though today, considering that. So basically, it was a two pronged effect. The doctor thought I had Spiro still when I mentioned I still had a like a month worth of progesterone left. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't actually put in that prescription. She just put in the prescription for the syringes, the needles, and the estradiol. Vitrol? I don't know what it's called. The the it's kind of estrogen you shoot in your leg to get the pity. I don't know. Just a few but then, times, yeah. Yeah, whatever gun it is. I th I think the EV or whatever is like the more uh, current one or the one I see more. But that no, one, I'm... that one when I went to the pharmacy to pick it up, they're like, we don't have it in stock. We should have it tomorrow. And it's like, do any of the ones nearby have it? Nope. And it's like. Okay, cool. I had an appointment set up for tomorrow to get them to show me how to shove it in my leg, and I guess I need to reorganize that to Monday. So, yeah, I'm basically spending, like, better part of four days straight with no hormones or blockers at all. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a fucking weird one, I can say. <laughs> like, at the least, like, my roommates are pretty chill and everything, like, kind of weird timing because, like, uh, my one roommate, Sam, like, is currently away on a trip till like next wednesday she kind of left yesterday like after <laughs> two days of me being here so at the moment it's really just me and our other roommate austin here in this place just you know occasionally like hanging hanging around chatting a bit and like kind of still doing our own thing just because we're both still unpacking stuff and getting our room set up but i mean 
for I mean, he's he's not the queer person on like Sam and I, but like he's <laughs> at least like he's he's shown an interest in like learning stuff from me. Like he he didn't really know much of the terminology when I briefly described it during our like Zoom interview with him. But he's he's uh he's been open to it. Like he has he's asked some questions, been respectful and everything, not made it weird or whatnot. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about that, that like he at least wants to learn and everything. Yeah. Alright. Well, I'm glad you found a good person for the room. Yeah, feeling pretty good about it. And also, Sam's kitties. Uh, I know they are kind of just buttering me up at times because they want food because I'm feeding them <laughs> at night well off and feeding them in the day. But I mean, I was just sitting on the couch playing like Legends Arceus on Sam's big TV for like two hours, and the one cat Simon definitely did just climb up onto my lap and was just purring up a storm and letting me pet him in giving butt scratches, and it's like, I really can't play this game one-handed, but that's okay, because I have a <laughs> giant cat on me. God, cats are fucking heavy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad they've taken a liking to you so fast. Didn't yeah. know how long that was going to take, but apparently... Yeah, they're, they're still pretty skittish at times. Like, uh, Blue, the other kitten, or the other kitten, I say kitten, she's 12 years old. The other cat is basically just in Sam's room on her bed all the time, and, like, Simon's usually just hiding around at times. But if they if they want attention, they like come up to me and let me pet them and everything. And of course, like I said, like around like around seven in the evening, they'll just hang around me wherever I am and just like kind of stare at me. And it's like we know they're gonna feed us eventually, just we don't <laughs> know when. Did not help that I had tuna for dinner today. So it's like when Blue Blue just showed up because she could smell it, just staring at me, being like, "Hey, friendo, I can tell you're eating tuna. Do you need help with that?" <laughs> like I wish I kind of knew where your cat treats were, but also the fact that I don't know them where they are is probably a good thing because I shouldn't be trusted with people's pets like that because I feel like I would get them to eat treats. <laughs> <laughs> it's tempting, I'll admit. I mean, yeah, when they're just standing there meowing at you and like brushing up against you, it's like it's tempting to be like, yeah, you can have food a little sooner, whatever. But no, nah, I've been strong. I've, I've stayed trying these last few days. <laughs> yep it's fun i like having pets around and i like also having people around to actually talk to again because i lived it, you know in apartments by myself for like five years and two of that was during the pandemic and it's definitely way different to be around people outside of like a work setting again <laughs> yeah feels nice how's uh how's your week been uh, well, I'll admit, I have also been struggling just in different ways. Mm. <laughs> um, we're recording later than usual because I was doing homework, because I forgot that I had homework that is due tonight. So that's due, great. Oh, it's, it's due tonight? Oh, it's like one of those, like, you need to submit it by midnight kind of deal or something? Yeah, it sure is. Oof. I never had that oh. in college, actually, now I think about it. No, it happens all the time. I don't know if it's a grad school thing or if it's because it's online it, programs. But... It, it, yeah, it could be the former just because I was only ever undergrad. I wasn't in a grad program. Right. So, yeah, there was that. And then I tried to go. I went to the doctor on Monday because I had an appointment to talk about hormone stuff. And also I was supposed to ask about potential ADHD help. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that is ironic is because I did not have an appointment on Monday. <laughs> it was uh, on Tuesday. Oh, right. Yes. I had my days yes. mixed up. Yeah, I, I do remember you mentioning this briefly. Yeah. yeah. And then 
because I, mean, I went on Monday, I had already been to the doctor, so I forgot that I needed to go on Tuesday, so I yeah. just well, didn't go. I skipped it I, entirely. I mean, if you didn't already have a diagnosis, I feel like that at least like is a little in, bit of an indicator of, hey, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was, I've been curious to try to get myself properly diagnosed, too, but I also don't know how long it would take. Yeah, I, I truly don't know. It's like I've dealt with this for a while now, but it's a lot mm-hmm. worse now than it used to be. And I have to assume that that's because I just haven't been in school for such a long time. I've yeah. lost like the tricks I learned, you know? Yeah, like, but also I feel like a lot of people are just struggling with that in general because like the pandemic and everything and also everything just proceeding to just continue to keep getting more and more shit, it seems. <laughs> um, apart from that, not too much going on. Just um, doing homework, um, making plans because my partner is coming up to visit me next week, and so I have to find at least one good place for us to take a cute picture outside in the snow. That's like required. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> and you know, just. It's difficult to make plans when your brain refuses to remember things from moment to yeah. moment. Yeah, <laughs> sure it does. So that's that's been my week. It's just constant forgetting things. Yeah, that actually now that I think about it, when you phrase it like that, I mean, just as like growing up and everything, and even like through my college years, there were times where I would just like write like little like notes to myself at times, just with, like just like little like organization things, like even just like with. The move and everything i was like writing down like okay what things do i want to go in my car and what things am i okay with going in the truck and everything <laughs> that, had to, that had to have some bit of give because i was like i want like all my like pajama clothes and whatnot in, in my car and then it's like very quickly it was just like yeah this shit ain't gonna fit <laughs> it's too much that i'm trying to fit in this car so something yeah, when i make the move to canada i've started packing two days in advance that's the kind of brain that i've got on me so i mean yeah like i mean back when i was preparing for this move and also my previous move into my old apartment it was definitely a case of me being like i have some stuff that i'm starting to pack like a month out this is this is not the smart thing to do but also i'm just a bit stir crazy at times like that <laughs> I mean, I, I freaking had, like, my whole current desk in my studio apartment in a giant box just up against the wall, and it's like, I could barely move this thing, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I actually had help with that move as well, so I didn't have to lift it myself, because I barely got up the stairs to my apartment. <laughs> Basically, just wobbling it back and forth up the stairs one at a time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> moving moving is like weird because it's just it really sucks having to pack everything but then unpacking feels so good <laughs> you're just like oh yeah i've done the hard part now the easy stuff happens i don't know i mean obviously it's different for everybody but like when yeah, i fair. was moving into this apartment i basically had a breakdown because we oh. bought a couch and the couch didn't fit exactly where i wanted it to be and so oh. because the couch did not obey the laws of physical reality the way i needed it to i started right. crying oh. so you know i'm sorry to hear that yeah the, is the, stressful. yeah like back when i was in uh illinois still the second apartment i had i had basically like we we got like everything in there and since we still had like a truck we were borrowing from my old job we 
went to a uh, big lots of all things to get a couch. <laughs> And we got like the normal size couch and it would definitely not fit through the doorway in a way because there was like a weird angle. So we had to bring it back and so I got the love seat, which fit. And it was just like, well, it's only me. So it's like, whatever, it still works. But it was still just like a bit of a bummer to have bought the couch and be like, oh, fuck, now we got to get the thing back down. Because <laughs> that apartment was actually on a third floor. So it was even more steps than my current one and my last one. So it's like, ah, oh, Jesus, now we got to get this thing down even more steps. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I have this couch. It's a great oh, yeah. couch, and I got it for $12. So, like, wonderful. It just... How'd you get it out there, 12 bucks? Uh, well, it was from the, uh, the, what do you call it? Haven for Hope is... Oh, okay. They resell furniture. But mm-hmm. also on top of that, it was the uh, the Boxing Day sale because I moved like the oh, day after gotcha. Christmas. So yeah, okay, that's still a pretty steep sale. <laughs> Not gonna yeah, lie. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. So it, it was. It's great. I'm glad that I have it. I just could not deal with it being an inch too long. <laughs> at right. The time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also couldn't deal with the fact that uh turns out not only was I just a weak-ass bitch in general, but also HRT has made me to be an even weaker-ass uh, bitch in general. Because uh, <laughs> we definitely were... When we were trying to get my old couch out of my old apartment, just, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, on Saturday, I, I, my friend was with me, and like he just kind of looked at me, and he's like, kind of looking over the railing, I'm like... We we can't throw it over. We just can't. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to though, and it's like, yeah, I get it. I kind of want to too, but it's gonna just. We would have to like make sure that nobody's in the way of that thing in case it falls and splinters. If it splinters, it's gonna be even more shit. We have to call. <laughs> it's gonna suck. It's it's really just because it was like getting it down the stairs, and it's like very much like he had to be at the bottom to like have more support in it, and it's just like me trying to awkwardly like hold the back of it as i go down the steps and it's always just mm-hmm. a nightmare and yeah we, we uh we definitely did have a bit where i kind of lost my grip on it a little bit and it kind of did fall a little on my foot but my foot's fine Oof, yeah yeah no that, that yeah that was that fun it, it, it was just it, it was just like really sore it wasn't like broken or anything thankfully much like how i punched myself in the nose while i was tearing apart my bed frame and all <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, I think I only mentioned that to a few friends and showed them the picture of like the mark on my nose because like my bed frame is the kind that has like those weird like uh gear kind of things that you have to put like the Allen wrench or whatever that turns it to tighten like the other connectors mm-hmm. and whatnot. And one of them was like just so jammed and I'm like, I don't know if I have the strength to do this. So I was like kinda like leaning on it with like both hands, like kind of putting my whole whatever amount of strength i have into it and it finally did give but also it gave in such a quick way that my hand kind of like bounced back up and got myself in the left side of my nose with one of my nails and it just had a little mark on it it's still there a little bit it didn't bleed it didn't like break my nose or anything thank god and it's not or anything it's just kind of like stung a bit but it's like (laughs) like Hey, turns out I at least beat the bed frame, and then I uh, definitely took a picture of me flipping off my bed frame after I was trying to part to show my friends, like, fuck you, bed. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Moving. It sucks. <laughs> but I'm here now. 
I like I like it. I'm I'm already kind of getting used to the neighborhood and everything. Have I've already tried had a really good uh lunch of love uh like steak lo mein from a Euro Asian cafe around the corner that has a bunch of pride flags all over it. And I also uh, got some really nice uh, garlic, like uh, Cajun garlic uh, chicken wings from another place. So yeah, nice. it's, uh, yeah, already a pretty good amount of restaurants nearby and everything, and feel more at home here than I ever did in the south. And it's only been like th- not even three and a half days since I got here. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm glad that's working out for you already. Yeah, seems like it's promising. But uh, that, well, we just hit 19 minutes, so that's our, is that our regular requisite 20 minutes of nonsense, or do you need to keep going for a minute? How, uh, how rigid do we have to be with this? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, shall we get into the show then? Yeah, I think so. Alrighty. Uh, this week is basically the last of the filler episodes, because we did really small problems in understanding Willow. The former which is kind of just a smaller episode, because it's really just another King Learns to be Less of a Shit episode. But fortunately, yeah. here, he stops being a shit. <laughs> Alright, so, really small problems opens on Luce showing Gus and Willow the Where's My Thumb trick via a crystal ball call while doing homework. I'm not sure why they're doing homework in the morning right before they have to go to school. That's kind of like, sound, seems a little irresponsible, Luce, and also Gutless and Willow, because it's like, usually you, you should probably do your homework before the night before, so you don't have to rush to do it in the morning. But <laughs> hmm. whatever. I don't know anybody who does that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to put you on blast, but yeah. Uh, King tries also, to stress. I mean. King does say that they've been on a call for hours, so maybe they just stayed up Fair. all night. Yeah, like maybe they, or maybe they, like, yeah, maybe they delayed the previous day, night, so they had to wake up earlier in the day to do it. Also, I guess, <laughs> like, if, if they've been on the call for hours, like, if we assume Hexide has the usual, like, 9 to 3, like, kind of, like, school day, it's like, dang, what they, or I guess actually closer to, like, 8 to 3, if they're in, like, high school. But still, it's like, geez, well, you kids are waking up at, like, what, 8, like, 5 in the morning or something? To try to do your homework. That's a long time. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, King tries to distract her from the chat. Because they do a little like comedy skit together. Like focus on like sandwiches and whatnot. It's really <laughs> goofy. Uh, also because like King is just clingy at this point to Luce. Uh, Luce has to go to school. Because the alarm bell goes off. But she immediately turns around and goes back in. Because school has been cancelled due to a thick infestation. Which we later on learn is because Basha's Pixie got out, which we'll also like hear about Pixies, Pixies later on because Pixies definitely do uh, mess up Willow a bit <laughs> midway through season two. So I guess Pixies on the Boiling House are just no joke. Uh, Hootie then shows up to basically just barf up the mail, and honestly, it's a bit gross. The Alice doesn't really do like gross out humor really ever. Like this is like actually like just. Just like the like sound of like Alex Hirsch doing a shitty Mickey Mouse impression of just him like dry heaving a bit. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> doesn't sound great, I'll be honest. Uh but yeah, he part of the mail that he bursts up is an advertisement for a carnival, which Luce and King want to go to to take their little comedy skit on the road, which is again like a bit strange because they're just gonna go to a carnival to do their own thing as opposed to enjoying <laughs> the carnival, I guess. Uh, Ida basically just wants to come along because she wants to just spread her con there as well, much like them, I guess. And yeah, they all—I do get the idea. Like, I 
make chainmail, right? So I yeah. look at a Ren fair and I say, I want to go there and I want to have a booth. But I don't do that the day of. Yeah, like it's something you need to like, you like put in applications for. Exactly. Like a, a little bit less, like a little less so in, in King and Luce's part, just because like they just want to go there and just like show off to people, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't end up doing it anyway, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, they, they basically like just tease it from there because Hootie wants to go too. And like Hootie's like, give me a sec, I'll get my stuff. And he just comes along with like the full on like stupid tourist look where he has like the like the hat and everything and like a camera around his him i think he also has like the uh the bit of like suntan lotion on his nose if i remember correctly <laughs> just like full on just like oh yeah like full tourists get up and they just book it away from him because they don't want to take Rudy with them uh after the intro they arrive at the carnival and while albert tries to get off the staff to go play some games uh Ida just stops him saying that he needs his help in assisting with cons and they're met by Tibbles from episode six. That character everybody remembers, who's totally never going to come back because I think after this episode he died. Uh, yeah, he reveals that he realized his true calling once they fucked up his stand and ruined his old livelihood, with his new attraction being Tibbles' tent of tiny terrors, which is full of little animals that Luce clocks over because they're just little animals in a little hamster cage. He, <laughs> yep. He tries to toast to their new friendship with a totally innocent bottle of water, which obviously is just like a little spray bottle of some weird purple liquid, totally on the up and up. But Ida just grabs it and eats it onto a person's skull and just runs, <laughs> over to, runs over to take over a stand to open a human horror house that shows off Luce's stuff. It's very much like a silly like little uh, back and forth with Luce and King, where King's like, you should really stop her from getting your clothes. And, and then Luce is just like, eh, she can just go through my things. Whatever. It's no biggie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, they go to take off on their own just to go check out the carnival. And, of course, we see Tibbles watching them menacingly in the background. Of course, we kind of could immediately just understand that he was up to no good anyway without that. But whatever. Uh, they come across a prize stand that has, uh, like, best friend forever bracelets that King desperately craves just because... I'm not actually sure why. He, he just... I guess he just wants them because King likes winning things, I guess, and just wants <laughs> things that proves that he's best friends with Luz. Uh, but Luz gets immediately sidetracked from helping him try to win the tickets to get the bracelets because Willow and Gus is also there because they were also invited to the carnival by Tibbles. Which, I do like that at least they acknowledge that they ignored the obvious warning sign of we ruined this guy's livelihood, but what the fuck ever. <laughs> I feel and, like I, also their invitation is addressed to the other two, so like... Oh, I, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a lot easier to actually know who Luce is because she's Luce the human and everything, and she hangs around the owl house. So it's like mm -hmm. pre pretty easy to know like who it is exactly that Tibble is looking for there. He still doesn't have to know where they live, at the least, to find it, to send it to them. I'm not sure how he doesn't know who they are, but who knows. I'm sure maybe he could just look at, like, in the magic registry compared to names or whatever, or pictures, and see it that way, even if he doesn't know who they are in particular. Who knows. Uh, Gus and Willow want to help King wing his neck win the necklace, and... Obviously, like, Gus is a little infantilizing the King here. Like, he kind of just treats... <laughs> I mean, King is eight, so it's like he's a child, but he's not like a baby like Gus is reading him here. And King's just a bit bummed out about their inclusion, but lets him come along just saying that, you know, Luce can do kind of whatever she wants kind of deal. 
And yeah, it's kind of justified because it's just basically just ignores him and spends time talking to her friends rather than like playing with him much or paying attention to him. So he gets bummed out and walks off where he meets Avioso, an all-seeing psychic, which I don't know what psychics really would be on the Boiling Isles when everybody has magic, or at least most people have magic. <laughs> and, and I mean, also, it's just clearly Tibbles in a pointy hat robe and fake mustache. So, which, King, how I get your eight and everything, so you're a bit gullible, but how do you not know that this is just him? Oh, whatever. <laughs> He gets King to admit he wishes Lucy's friends would leave just so he could spend time with her, and he then presents King with the same bottle from earlier, promising it can make his problems disappear, which he demonstrates by spraying a, like, I don't even know how to describe this, like, weird demon bird thing that's got some spines on its back. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what this thing's supposed to be, like, a spoof on. I think it's just an amalgamation of, like, stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah, it's it's kind of a hard thing to try to uh, describe, but yeah, he he makes it go away by just spraying it, and it poofs immediately. But he also demonstrates that the bottle's magic is undone by tapping his cheeks. So King does he take the bottle and runs off, while Obvioso in air quotes just laughs, being like, "Yep, okay, it's happening here." <laughs> For the first time in the show, King actually has a good idea, at least because he wonders if he should think about this first rather than just proceeding along. But when he reunites with the others, he tries to get Luz to help with the gains, but Gus tries to argue that they haven't gotten any rides with Luz to get, so they're both kind of just pulling at her arms trying to get her to go with them. Luz at least momentarily averts the squabble over herself by her semi-grumbling, so she runs off to get food. Again, not sure what Luz is eating on the Boiling Isles, considering, as we'll all <laughs> see in a few weeks' time, food and what humans can eat get to be a big thing, but whatever, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Sometimes the show's not consistent, but that's okay. It's for kids. <laughs> we, are, we are not... I guess we are in some ways the demographic for this show because we are a bunch of queer people who see ourselves in a lot of these characters but also <laughs> this show is more designed for like the like Luce's age kind of category around 14 to 17 or so <laughs> but whatever uh while she's off to go get food willow and gus also just really make king feel bad because they're talking about how they want to go on the three-person cauldron spinner the triple swing or go to a photo booth that fits exactly three people which it does mean. It does really mean. <laughs> Except, really especially, especially with the fact that King's right there. <laughs> uh, King responds to them saying this by sadly saying that this was his day out with Luz. And again, Gus acts really infantilizing the King treats treating him as a baby and picks him up and everything. Just like <laughs> kind of coddling him. But this makes the spray bottle fall out of King's little uh, fanny pack that he's wearing. Just, I guess he's carrying the tickets around in there, too, or something. Right. And the spray bottle, of course, goes off and gets Willow and Gus wet, which makes them just disappear. And again, <laughs> like, King at least is, like, a justifiably a little freaked out because he's like, ah, oh, I fucked up. But at that point, Lise comes back and says that she had promised him to help him win the bracelets. You know, like, actually admits that she said she would do that, so she wants to do so. And King kind of just does mutter himself that, you know, Willow and Gus will be fine for a little while. <laughs> so he, he unfortunately still just gives in to his own little desires again here, which is not great. But no, whatever. it really, really, truly isn't. 
Yeah, at least he acknowledges that it's not great. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's fair. He has yeah. like he, he's he, not he doing know- it immediately now. Yeah, he he at least knows that's wrong. He's just like letting himself like give in a little bit because he wants to actually spend time with Flus because he really hasn't had to do so at all today. Uh, but we then like have a zoom in on the ground and we see that Willow and Gus have not actually been poofed out of existence, but instead just shrunk down to about bug size. They run and hide from that bird spiny demon thing that Avioso had earlier. And Willow just receives her plant magic and lures a fly over to them with some cotton candy for them to ride on to follow loose. I really do like Willow's little line delivery here of because up close everything is hairy. <laughs> like <laughs> not wrong. It's just it's really good line delivery because Gus is just really sickened out about the bug and Willow's just like just get on it. Everything everything looks gross up close, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little worried about how literal that's supposed to be taken. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff on the Boiling Isles that I would not want to be hairy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's also fair. I mean, just Hootie. Is that hair? Does he have hair instead of feathers? Please, no. I mean, we, we do see Hootie, like, get a little bit of his, like, hackles, for better, for lack of terminology, or lack of better term, uh, raised up during some episodes, like, some scenes. Like, we see that happen in Season 2, Episode 8, and also... If I remember correctly, I think it's also in the short that they did where Luce is like drawing like on like a big art easel and draws like a hoodie on it. And Hootie thinks it's actually like real, so he like hisses <laughs> at it. So like I I think it might be hair, it might be fur. I don't think it's feathers, because like we never see Hootie fly or anything. Hmm. He's, just, he's just a big he's just a big weird bird worm. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> But uh, we finally, fortunately, fixed the weird cuts that we've been having in some episodes prior <laughs> because we're not just cutting around at random because we actually go to Ida for a little bit where she basically just immediately gets pulled over by the fun police for not having a permit, which, again, at least somebody is actually realizing and acknowledging that you have to actually have like actually gone through the procedures needed to get a stand rather than just showing up. <laughs> Uh, she tries to blast him, but Albert has snuck off of the staff to play Whack a Giraffe, and Ida gets caught by just running into a kind of candy machine. I I'm just gonna Albert point playing Whack a Giraffe so much. Oh yeah, He's no, it's so very happy. Yeah, it's very cute. But I will point out, why does Ida need Albert on the staff to cast magic when we have seen Ida cast magic via her uh, Balzac and not need her staff at all? <laughs> In fact, she more frequently doesn't use the staff. Yeah, the only yeah. Thing she when uses the staff for is flying and hitting people. Yeah, most of the time we have seen her use the staff. It's her just bonking people on the face of it. <laughs> so it's like I, I don't, I don't know what Albert not being in the staff actually stops her from doing. But who knows? Whatever. We get a little bit of a montage of Luce and King playing various games around the carnival while Willow and Gus chase after them. And Willow and Gus eventually are just like being like, we can't just keep this up, but they see a house of mirrors, which gives Willow an idea. I, I guess actually I should go back. We don't actually get past the weird cuts here a bit because we do just go back <laughs> to Ida again. Uh, Ida basically is just talking to like the head of the carnival who gives her an ultimatum of either conning for him or being handed over to the Emperor's coven. So it's like, 
I can't fault this guy for deciding to actually do this because it's like, yeah, we know that Ida is a well-known criminal, so it's like, yeah, she can probably at least like make good money for this guy if she if he recruits her, basically. Compared, <laughs> to, compared to how he could just easily turn her in for the like, I forget the total of it. It's like something absurd, like a hundred billion snails or whatever it was. She has, a, she has a crazy, stupid high amount of bounty on her, so it's like, he could easily make way more money by just turning over rather than having her sell, can't, like, caramel apples. <laughs> Although, again, where the fuck did these caramel apples come from? What the fuck are they? Are they whatever well, apple blood comes from, or are they just human realm apples? Well, as we'll see later, these are caramel crab apples, so they're not... Uh, fair, but also, like, aren't crab apples just a real kind of apple? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm yes, curious. but I'm... these are puns. They're, like, actual crabs. Oh, okay. Also fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah, crab apple is a real kind of apple. Okay, I was here. Uh, so I'm looking at that wanted poster now, and if I'm reading this number of zeros right, it's one quintillion snails. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit ridiculous. But yeah, uh, da -da, where did I lose track? Oh yes, uh, we go back to King and Luce because they're at the prize stand where the guy is counting their tickets, and Luce is basically lured over to the house of uh, mirrors because Willow goes and drops cotton candy on her hair, so she wants to be able to see it to try to get out. She basically just sees the uh, reflections in the mirror and finally notices that they're really tiny. <laughs> King eventually gets a bit tired and sees like wants to go and try to find out where she is. And she just, oh, well, well, I should actually back up there. He does actually get the million tickets required to get the bracelets, which I, I do like, again, the little joke there of the guy being like, one million, yep, I definitely discounted to one million. <laughs> him. But yeah, he then goes to try to find Luz, and she just opens up her hand that shows him her tiny friends. King accidentally admits that they weren't supposed to shrink and just disappear, which, of course, Luz just finally puts them on blast for. He tries to explain himself, but in the scuffle over the bottle, it again falls, and they spray each other, and they both get shrunk down. King, <laughs> tries, King tries to reverse the bottle by slapping his cheeks, but it doesn't work, and Tibbles shows up to just grab them. He finally reveals himself to be Avioso, which of course everybody knew, except for King. It takes King a little bit to be like, how dare you sail his clothes, but oh, wait, <laughs> no, I'm an idiot. Yeah, and, Yep. And he reveals that he's the one that controls the bottle's potion, not just whoever used it. King, maybe you should have thought about that a little bit too. <laughs> and he drops them into the cage with the tiny murder animals to get revenge on them for busting up the stand. And I don't know what magic he... I guess this might be an illusion spell he uses, because he just puts them on a big, like, fucking HDTV kind of screen for everybody <laughs> in the stands to see. It, yeah. it got me. It, I would think it has to be illusion spell or something. <laughs> That's the I most I can think of. Wonder. I mean, a lot of these deadly animals are just horses, you know. Yeah, I mean, but also they're horses from the boiling elves in the demon realm, so you don't know they probably spit acid or something. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. They hide behind. They hide from the animals by having Willow tear down the water bottle for magic, while Gus holds him up by using an illusion of a vacuum. I I really like that joke too. That just animals hate like vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. While they're hiding behind it, King finally admits that this is all his fault and apologizes to them all, admitting that he did this just because he really misses Luce while she spends all of her time at school or with her friends. 
And he basically just lures the animals over to a corner and jumps up onto them while they're just colliding with each other to get up to the edge of the little cage and uses the bracelets to toss at Tibbles' face to make him think that like a fly is just lying on his face. So he accidentally taps his cheek and just goes like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like, just realizes that he's just instantly fucked up this whole thing. Because turns out maybe you shouldn't just have a spell be undone by tapping your cheeks. Unless, yeah. unless yeah. you live in the pandemic, I guess, because I definitely don't touch my face nearly as much as I'm out about during the day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the him tapping his cheeks easily just undoes the spell on the kids, and then as they find out, also the animals, which I also do like. Lucius like immediately putting on vest, like you shrunk the animals too, and he's like, "Hey, it's called the House of Tiny Terrors. I needed something to be tiny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Ida's just in the audience is selling the crab apples and like the audience is just booing and she eventually finally gets her attention over to the screen and sees her dumb kids as she phrases it. Just Mama Ida just in full form here. Yeah. And the animals get a taste of the crab apples when an audience member tosses one at them while they're booing. So they just start like rampaging through the audience a bit. Ida like shows up to grab Tibbles' bottle as he's just like threatening to like Towards the kids with it again, and pours the crab apples on him to lure the animals to him. And seeing as we never see Tibbles again in the show, mostly just because again they just cut him constantly coming back because of time constraints with them not having any as many episodes as they wanted. But right. I'm going to interpret it as Tibbles got killed. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm believing that Tibbles got eaten here. Fuck him, he's dead. Horses. What a way to go. Yep. Uh, in the whole scuffle, the bracelet got broken into four pieces. I accidentally have Ling typed in here and not King or Luz. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be King. Oh uh, yeah, King says it's fine since they now all have a piece to share. Which I, I like guess like little remark of like I always wanted to have a jagged piece of cheap metal. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Early season one Gus is a bit strained because like he, he kinda is just like the kid of them all, which is weird to say concerning all kids. But I do like that like the few times we actually see Gus either being serious, it's actually really good, or him being a goofball. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's not gonna get less weird as time goes on. Yeah, no, he's not gonna get less weird, but, like, I, I do like whether at least going with him in season two for the one episode we really get with him. <laughs> he, he's getting more to do than Willow in season two, at least. Again, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to keep putting it on blast, but jeez, I want them to do something with Willow in season two B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, King once again apologizes to Luz, and she also admits that she's been missing him too recently. So, yeah, at least that's good. Uh, <laughs> they all eventually return home with Ida basically just having stolen all of, like, Tibbles' money from the audience from the show. <laughs> and they just see Hootie hanging out with a fly that he was just hanging out with talking to all day. Which, Hootie does find out exactly what friendship tastes like, because he accidentally eats the bug because it flies into his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's the whole episode. It's, again, kind of like the one of the smaller episodes. It is definitely the last of the fillery kind of episodes. Yeah. Cause it, it is just another King learns to be less of a jerk, which fortunately past this point, we don't have to deal with King being nearly as much of an ass anymore. It's not even as, like, weirdly interesting, if that makes sense. Like, there were a lot fewer... I didn't talk very much during that episode just because there were a lot less strange things for me to jump in and point out you know yeah yeah it's it's like 
I would say that this is probably like one of the weaker episodes in the show. Like definitely still not as much as once upon a swap, but like I probably would put this at like if we were doing like a whole ranked list, this would probably be like number eighteen for season one. Like <laughs> nothing really happens in it at all. Like, yeah, I get that Tibbles comes back, but also Tibbles was like not really much of a character in the previous episode he was in. Yeah. He was just there to be like a bit of an antagonistic force towards Ethan King during that episode and not much else. And yeah, like, I mean, even, like, the last of these, like, little, like, filler episodes where King is a jerk and learns to be less of a jerk, like, at least, like, there were some interesting parts in it, because, like, I mean, it was, it was loose, like, definitely, like, putting him way more on blast throughout that episode, and yeah. also also the B-plot in that one of Eden Lilith is just way more interesting than the B-plot in this of Eden just being in a few scenes to just scam for a, a carny. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a weird episode, but we're we're past like all like the weirder smaller episodes now from this point on. Uh, oh. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just have like few epi- uh, notes about this one. I kind of yeah. already like mentioned most of it here, but uh, there is actually a bit here where Gus. I, I forget the phrasing, but Gus definitely did foreshadow him going through witch purity and finishing that in early in season two. So. <laughs> Yeah, I totally have forgotten that, but also I really haven't gone back and rewatched this episode much because something really happens in it. <laughs> kind of skipped this one. Uh, <laughs> I also remember I brought this up at some point because I thought it was in an earlier episode, but this is actually the episode where there's a wanted poster of the the hunter from Bloodborne because it's when Ida's being interrogated by the head of the carnival. If you look on the like far left side of the screen, you can totally see what looks like the silhouette of the blood, the, the default Bloodborne Hunter, because you also see they have like the, uh, uh, what's the fucking saw called? I forget the name of the saw exactly, but it's like the, like one of the starter weapons, and I think you can also see the silhouette of like the gun, like the blunderbuss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm afraid I have no idea. So. Yeah. I mean, Bloodborne's fun. It's it's kind of like a, the weirder of the more recent Souls games just because you don't have as many, like, options for character builds. Mostly just because they really wanted to, like, make it way less passive, so you're definitely more <laughs> in melee combat a lot. It, it's, it's interesting, and it the story goes really weird places, but also that's kind of how Souls games usually are. But it's definitely cool. Uh, I have, like, really just, like, one big thing here, because... Have you ever heard about the theory about the King of Night skull at the prize counter? No, I can't say that I have. So people think that this thing has some sort of relation to the body of the other Titan we briefly see in the flashback ep- uh, scene in season two, episode eight, when Ida's in like the memories of the Owl Beast. Because I definitely Aww. see like the bones. We definitely see the bones of another Titan, and it kind of has a bit of a horse-like appearance which the King of Night Skull has as well. And it does, the Skull does mention having seen the birth and death of countless nations. So some people have been like, is this thing related to that somehow? Or is this just like a goof joke about this like weird demon skull that the guy at the price counter just whacked up a broom to get it to show up? <laughs> so, <laughs> I truly do not know. I mean, as small as it is, it's hard to imagine that it's... You know, it, it, it yeah, yeah, obviously, but it's like it would be very weird if it did have some sort of relation. Uh, but yeah, the only other thing I really have in here is uh the part where like Lucy's going through the mirrors. There's like an anime style that has her hair all like pink and whatnot. It's actually <laughs> just 
another reference to uh, Utna, because actually I found out over the weekend I've been saying Utna wrong because I thought it was Utena. That's <laughs> how I thought. I don't know. Maybe That's I'm wrong. Funny. Maybe my, I don't know. Maybe we're both wrong because I definitely heard that from my friend. He was helping me with the move, so I don't know if we're, who's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just because it's in the, the it's in the art style of that show. And also, funnily enough, it also foreshadows Amity's like future hair color. Because it's like, well, I guess it's more of like a pink than a lavender, but it's close enough. I'm yeah. Yeah. Uh, not much else on that one. It's it's a really short episode. It well, not short because it's the same length, but it's really just smaller. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's well, it's done and it can't hurt us anymore. That's all there is left. I mean, yeah. Like, hey, for what it's worth, I didn't have a bad time watching it. Again, like usually I would skip this one on rewatches, so it's like. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. I didn't suffer through it like I did with Once Upon a Swap. <laughs> God, that episode sucks ass. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was like okay, yeah, it's it's inoffensive, but I w- probably wouldn't watch it again unless I was doing something like this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now we get the good shit. Now we get to childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey. big one. Here we go. This is season one, episode fifteen, Understanding Willow. We open with Basha trying out a bunch of different new types of fingernails, like tentacles, fire, fur, and talons. She goes with the talons, and I guess I agree, but, like, tentacle fingernails? Ugh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I would like to be able to also make my nails look like different things with magic. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fire one? I'm okay with that, as long as it doesn't burn stuff. But yeah. fur? No, why? <laughs> mm. So, uh, Skara approaches uh, to invite Basha and Amity to her 15th birthday party. She gives them an invitation which has been printed on a real butterfly. And they are distracted because across the hall, Luce and Willow loudly begin thumb wrestling. At which point, Basha says that it's weird that a human's at this school now, and also that it's too bad she already burnt her social life by hanging out with Willow, because apparently all of Willow's friends are just automatically losers. So um, this is something I want to bring up real quick because it's weird that Basha phrased it like this of Luce ruining her social life by being friends with Willow because she already didn't like Luce already because yeah. we, saw, we saw that in, again, Once Upon a Swap because like she was being antagonistic towards Luce because she just found the human stand weird. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Basha, have you forgot? I guess I don't think it's ever going to be like... I, I don't think it's going to be, like, exa- like extrapolated upon that Basha found out that that was not loose in her own body, because I don't <laughs> think that they would bother to take the time out for that, but it's also, like, how would she not just immediately think, like, oh, the human is just, a, like, a weird idiot, why would they would not have a social life here anyway, because I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I have no idea. It's not like she wouldn't recognize Luce after that day. No, because Luce is the only human on the Boiling Isles. <laughs> yeah, so, um... Anyway, she, uh... Skara drops one of her invitations, and a couple of kids start fighting over it, which the teachers are thrilled about, and they gather to watch the kid fight. So, uh... These teachers you know, suck. Just like real life. Yeah, these, yeah, these years just suck. <laughs> I want there. To, I want us to see one good teacher in Hexide before the show ends. That would be nice, but also seems unlikely. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that. 
Uh, yeah, so we, uh, after the credits, Luce is in the hallway telling Willow that she's excited for a photo class where they're going to learn to take photos of actual memories. And she, I guess she just really wants to see Willow's baby pictures. But uh, a thing I did notice here that seemed very weird to me is that she opens her locker by tickling it, which seems extremely low security, if you ask me. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we do, I mean, we had previously seen that Luce was able to like really fuck up the uh, the demon decimal system by just giving it candy. So I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think the boiling owls really invest in uh, mechanical locks much. <laughs> but I mean, for the demon decimal system, you're supposed to be able to access the card catalog. You wouldn't lock that. True, That's... but you can but... also easily mess it up because it's an organic being, as opposed to having to like actually open it up and like rip things out yourself yeah you're kind of putting uh too many eggs in one basket there if you're relying on the organization something to a living breathing thing that can also be messed up by other people (laughs) so uh, yeah so basha emity and skara walk by and basha's mocks willow a little bit uh skara suggests that she and Amity used to be friends back in the day, but Amity disagrees and threatens to not talk to either of them again, because a blight apparently only associates with a select few. And there, this is just me being pedantic. I know this, but the subtitles are wrong here. Yeah, they um, they weren't. They, I mean, uh, actually, I'm depending on how we watched them, because like I definitely, I think I use a different site than you. <laughs> Yeah, I just watched them on the Disney Plus app, so... Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I use them through, uh, let's say, less than uh, the official sources. I think they were correct in my version. <laughs> well, the problem here is so that Basha is doing uh, a Willow impression as they walk up, and then one of her friends says that's a dead-on Willow impression, and the subtitles in the Disney Plus version accredit that to Amity. They they say that's Amity, even though it's clearly uh, Skara talking. Yeah, that's a big mistake there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do also have to say I really do like that. Like Amity is really starting to lash back at the Mean Girls in this. Like, yeah, I, like I, I get that she's like trying to save face around like Willow and everything because it's like we we've at this point seen that Amity is not a bad person. She just she she struggles at times. Especially mm-hmm. around the mean girls, but it's like, yeah, I, I do especially like that. Like when they bring it up, she's like, hey, you know, keep annoying me though. I'm willing to associate with even less. And it's like, yes, fucking cut them loose, Amity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's weird. I don't know why it did that, but it happens. Yeah, mistakes happen like that. I mean, we discussed an early, a way bigger mistake last week when we talked about how. In the original airings of the first day, Lucy's in her mixed track outfit yeah. <laughs> during the uh, interview with Bump. <laughs> that's yeah, a bit. That, that's bigger than be... subtitles. <laughs> I think it might just be a Disney Plus problem with subtitles because I noticed this. I was watching a bunch of Amphibia this week, and there's at least one instance where they say the word "cryptid" in the show, mm-hmm. and what the subtitle translates is Krypton, as in Superman's home planet. So... <laughs> oh, I, I think I think I know what episode that was exactly. That was the sleepover episode, right? Uh, no, it's uh. when they're breaking into the museum. Oh, oh okay, I didn't... Oh, I thought you said that uh, season three was not on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is. Or at is, least in Canada. Just not in Canada, yes. Oh, gotcha, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's yeah. very kind of strange that they're bringing that show back the same day as owl house 
it does seem a little unfair. Yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately, Amphibia does kind of gets like get a little bit like steamrolled by Owl House in terms of like popularity and like everything like that. Because <laughs> like, I mean, it definitely gets more attention because of the queer rep and everything. Which you know, Owl House has had. I mean, Amphibia has had a few in some cases. Like, you probably met the mechanic girls by this point if you're in yeah. season three. Yeah, like they actually confirmed that. Yeah. Uh, uh the uh, i forget their names but the 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 skinnier one is pan and the other one is by i if just found i forget the names because they've been in like two episodes yeah fair uh, I, I think I they're Ali- their names, I, I, so i watched that episode yesterday oh, i, I want to say they're aliens yes now that i think about it i think that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah i think that's them yeah it's a good yeah. show but unfortunately like it kind of like shares that similar kind of like show style as Owl House because they're both Isekai shows about teen girls and it's like yeah unfortunately (laughs) it seems like one got all the queer rep and the other didn't so much unfortunately I mean who who knows Uh, people people are still uh, trying to clamor for uh, Sashanarchy I think is how you would say that uh, polyamorous (laughs) between all three (laughs) but also maybe don't include Sasha in that because Sasha is kind of messed up I, I know Sasha's getting better, but Sasha has done a lot of bad shit. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. She's having a Zuko arc. It just takes a while. <laughs> uh, well, for her, way longer than Zuko, it seems. Really, she's starting to redeem herself at the beginning of season three. The only difference. <laughs> yeah, but like we we kind of had like we kind of saw a little bit of that glimmer of Zuko in their season two, with him like turning over a bit of a new leaf and like embracing his life in the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> it, it's just that like when it comes down to it when he is presented really with that ultimate choice he chooses to do bad shit in the end and then fortunately at least throughout the early in season three he gets better but we don't we don't have to talk about that just yet because we might talk about that in the future <laughs> yes not yes, not, to, not to spoil things for the listeners but we might do that so <laughs> Yes, my, my general thought about Amphibia is that I probably would not have watched it um, if I wasn't just looking for stuff to watch. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of advertisement, and from what you see in the uh, blurb on Disney+, Plus, it just looks like a silly frog show and not really anything. Yeah, that's a, unfortunately it kind of has that a bit. Like, I mean, honestly, I did also start watching it, like, uh, I'm trying to remember when. I think I watched it around the time when before Owl House Season 2 a started. Because it was also, like, I, I definitely heard about the show being talked about after True Colors aired. And so yeah. I was like, I'm curious about this because I wonder what it is that they had actually have, like, a, like, warning blurb about it in the front of the episode and everything. Because, like, it got delayed three weeks and everything because of mm-hmm. it. And it, it unfortunately definitely is, like, a little, like, you know, more or less of the week kind of deal. But also it's, like, that's, that's the kind of show it is. It's about a teen girl learning to be responsible and stuff. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like it. It definitely is just like l- more goofy than like Owl House again. Kind of it is fair um, comparison, but yeah, it's like it's definitely like more for like the younger audience of Disney compared to Owl House. Well, I I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's a good show and I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, no, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's nothing not. that distinguishes it from the outside. Yeah. Like, I literally flipped a coin to see whether I watched that or Big City Greens, because they're both silly <laughs> frog shows. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, the comparison here, I have uh, one fan-made poster of uh, Amphibia compared to all the shit I have of Owl House stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, yeah. well, we should probably get back to the show we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we just did the cold open. We haven't touched the rest of the episode. <laughs> True. Um, so, uh, yes. We cut to photo class where um, they are pulling memories out of each other's ears. Luce is currently pulling memories out of Willow's ears. And when she does that, they become photos. Um, yeah. It's, I just lost my place in the notes. Can you tell I'm doing well this week? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'll help you fill out here. Uh, I do like that this is like the first glimpse before like during the episode when we actually do learn that Willow has two dads. Also, I guess the Boiling Hell celebrates something similar to Christmas because that photo is definitely like a Christmas morning kind of scene <laughs> of little kid Willow opening a present. Don't know exactly what that holiday would be, because like presumably, I don't think the Jesus myth is in boiling owls. He's probably a demon <laughs> or something. I don't think it would be. Naturally, um, yeah. So uh, while they're hanging these teach these these photos up, the uh, photo teacher comes by and says that the photos that are more clear are the ones that are more intensely emotional. And that seems like it's going to be important, but it really isn't. There's no, like, blurry photos in this episode. But she also says that if you damage a photo, you damage the mm. memory. And to be clear, this, to me at least, seems like just the worst idea. Why would you ever do this? Yeah, like... Yeah, you're you're presenting the possibility of entirely fucking up a person's personality to a bunch of teenagers. Probably not a good idea, especially because like they just leave the photos in the class. Like honestly, class why ends. would you do this at all unless you wanted to delete the memory? <laughs> yeah. Also, what also what kind of class is this? Because it's like I get that they call it photo class, but it's not like they're like doing this for like yearbook <laughs> photos or something. It's just they're showing off like some photos of your memories that in some cases people might not yeah. want to be shown. It also kind of seems like they're pulling <laughs> yeah. out memories more or less randomly because Willow is unhappy with some of them that come out, so it's not like she's choosing which ones Luce gets. Yeah, like it's like there's conflicting emotions in some of them, so it's like it's not like Willow can actively suppress ones she doesn't want to be shown. They just exactly, pull random. Yeah. So it's like this is a really bad idea for a class, but also, as we've established, Hexide is also <laughs> a bad school. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we look at uh, just a little gallery of Willow's memory images, and they're mostly benign stuff. Her with her dads, her feeding a monster, and then her and a young Amity hugging. Uh, Willow's pretty upset by this, and Luce asks if she wants to talk, but she says no, because she prefers to repress her feelings. If you can't see it, you don't think about it. Which, that's also not the way things go, Willow. <laughs> you, got, you, gotta, you gotta face the past and to help process it and not ignore it because it gets to be more of a problem. <laughs> totally not speaking from own experiences here, and nope. <laughs> eh. so, uh, hearing this, Luce wants to cook up a scheme to get Amity and Willow to be friends again, but Willow does not want that, and she also bans plots and ruses. They leave the room. They leave the room to go to lunch. They leave the room where the memories are, entirely unguarded, with the door open. Why? 
should should be pointed out, like, Willow at least does, like, flip the photo of her anatomy around, and, like, before Luce leaves, she does say, like, well, Willow never said anything about shenanigans and flipped it over again, which, Luce, why? Your friend has already told you to please butt out of this. You should not be going behind her back on this. Yeah, I mean, I was going to get to that in a moment. I'm just Uh, preoccupied with the... Oh, okay. You have just told us... That yeah, this the, is how you fact, damage people's yes. psyches and walk, mm-hmm. walk the room at least. Yep. This, this, yeah, this is this is some like even more fucked up dead persona <laughs> shit. <laughs> Considering that in Persona Five you could literally like kill a person by removing like any of their desire to like even eat or breathe in mm-hmm. their mind houses. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if they have bad security or if they're just immensely trusting, but whatever. So, um, yeah. I, I think, again, it just comes down to the fact that the staff at Hexide <laughs> just suck and that the school is bad. Uh, <laughs> Maybe this is why Bump can't get any funding to fix repairs <laughs> that Luce has caused because the school is just absolute shit and nobody wants to make donations. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Luz does point out shenanigans aren't forbidden. She flips the photo over and leaves her real. Uh, Amity passes the classroom where she sees the photo from outside and panics. She goes in there, closes the door, and burns the photo with a very cool purple fire thing that I'm jealous of. That's the coven I want to belong to is purple fire coven. Oh, I mean, it's the spell she learned in Adventures <laughs> in the Elements. It's just yeah, the same still... one. <laughs> Yeah, no, purple fire is cool. If you can make, like, making fire with your mind is cool enough, but if you can make fire that looks a different color than exactly. fire, that's even cooler. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in the process, she accidentally lights all of the photos on fire and starts blowing on them. Amity, dear, it's fire. You don't... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're oxygenating it. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're not big on science. <laughs> Yeah, so we cut to the cafeteria where we see a big banner for the school mascot, the Banshees. And uh, Gus is trying to figure out who to interview for his journalism class. So these are, in this class we get, in this episode we get two classes that are like non-magical. We get photo class and journalism. Yeah, don't, I don't know don't why. Make... Yeah, th- these classes really don't make much sense. I, I do like that there's actually, like, kind of two jokes on this board, because one of them is just famous author <laughs> Tiny Nose on there, with it saying that she's unavailable. So at least Tiny Nose hasn't been turned into a cube. And I also like that there's a picture of one of the trouble-stiffing demons in it, and Gus has a big <laughs> nope for on it. So these things are still around somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe they're still at the school and we just don't see them at all ever since, like, uh, episode 9. But it's, just, it's very funny that one's on there because I never <laughs> noticed it on there until now. Yeah, um, some of the other people he's got on his board of people to potentially interview are the Bat Queen, Principal Bump, the eyeball-eating guy, Albert, uh, Beefy Bob, the action figure that died several episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd he kill then? And also, weirdly, the ticket taker guy from last episode who counted to a million, he's on there too. Yeah, I think I think he's just like I think that guy just shows up in some episodes, kinda like the eyeball leaving mm-hmm. demon. I think he's just like a background yeah. character at times. So Gus is freaking out, and Luce gives him an apple blood juice box to calm him down, so whatever that is, it's not coffee. 
<laughs> yeah, I, again, I, I think my theory of there's like different versions of Apple Blood where it's like it's more distilled <laughs> for kids is the thing. I think I think that's like basically the equivalent of non-alcoholic beer or whatever. <laughs> Like as opposed to regular apple blood, which is the one. Yeah, for that would make sense. Uh, yeah, because otherwise, the only interpretation otherwise is that kids are getting drunk. <laughs> well, I mean, that's which possible. hey, again, we've established hex. Yeah, we've established hex is a shitty school, so could be possible they could just like it might explain a lot that. actually. <laughs> Probably, uh, yeah. So uh, Willow starts sweating really badly though, and she asks why it's so hot in the cafeteria. At which point she literally starts letting off steam, like pouring pitchers of stuff on herself to cool off. And then she asks who Luce and Gus are. She's forgotten them entirely. And to her credit, Luce realizes immediately that it was the memories. So she she does have some common sense by now, at the very least. Luce might still be a bit of like not taking things as seriously just by the fact that she's like still trying to cook up a scheme to get willow and amity back together as friends but like at least she's still like immediately like ah i kind of fucked up by flipping that photo around obviously this is kind of on me a bit (laughs) yeah so yeah they uh they run off to photo class where they find amity ineffectually trying to put out the fire by blowing on the photos and waiting them around and i just honey magic come on (laughs) Well, she doesn't know the like the ice spell that Luce knows. At least we don't think so. No, but she knows fire spells. You would think she could get the fire off of the photos. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think casting fireball. I don't think casting more fire that will make it away. Just because she can summon fire doesn't mean she can't control Listen, it. Listen, the Human Torch does this all the time. He can suck fire up. It works just. It's fire to magnet for fire. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Willow's in the doorway, getting noticeably worse. Um, at one point, she forgets that she has hands. And we cut to the Owl House, where Amity seems very preoccupied by the house instead of the ongoing memory damage. <laughs> she asks if Luce really sleeps here, and Luce says, when the night critters allow me to, so that's ominous. I choose to assume she is referring to King and Hootie here. <laughs> I mean, they definitely seem like the kind that would keep her up at night because they want to talk exactly. and chat and stuff. Um, Ida seems really mad at first because this can cause serious permanent damage. At case in point, Willow has forgotten how to sit down at this point. Um, so Ida warns mm-hmm. that Willow may never be the same again after this kind of damage and uses a sleep spell to knock her out when she starts trying to peel King. <laughs> Yeah, she just thinks he's some kind of fruit. Uh, So there is apparently one thing they can do, but it is, quote, terribly dangerous and partially illegal, which, big question mark there. And then I have a note here that there's just a severed hand on her wall, right next to the wanted poster. I've never noticed (laughs) this before, but it's somebody's hand that's been chopped off at the wrist and nailed through the palm. Yeah, I think it's been in some scenes. I think I just, I think I kind of remember seeing it at one point. <laughs> yeah, very weird. It has a wedding ring on. You would have think she would pawn that. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. But also, we've seen Ida throw away like a big like diamond ring and everything in the, in yeah, the first true. episode. She doesn't, she doesn't know the value of like human stuff. She thinks that like googly eye glasses <laughs> are valuable. Yeah, that's fair. 
So, uh, yeah, Ida's going to send Luce into Willow's mind to try and repair the damage, and she gives Amity a healthy dose of shame for doing the damage in the first place. Hootie volunteers to come, but Ida says yeah. no, because this is a delicate operation and there can only be two people max. Notes that she doesn't say why it can't be Hootie, because Hootie would make two people. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just because it's Hootie. <laughs> I think it's like this is something that is really like delicate and can really get fucked up even more, and we can't have you yeah. deal with something like this. So Gus is busy panicking for his interview, even considering raising the dead to try and talk to. So Luz says Amity has to go, and Amity's pretty hesitant, but Luz says it's her responsibility. So they hold hands for the first time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean technically not the first time because they did technically hold hands when they did the un uh, the uh. Not the fucking unbreakable vow, the everlasting oath in episode five. But this is like the first like. Yeah, that was more like a handshake. Say. Yeah, that that was an agreement as exactly. opposed to handholding. Also, I do I do at least like that like Luce justifiably puts Amity on blast about this. Like you <laughs> you fuck this up. You have a responsibility here, and that Amity at least does admit like yeah I, I did I am responsible. Yeah. I will help. So it's like yeah I, I do like that again. It's even though it's like Luce is kind of partially responsible because you did flip the photo over it like she at least is like willing to actually like call amity on it even though they are at this point friends and it's like yeah no you you kind of fucked up with this and you did you're responsible like, I, I, I see where you're coming from i just flipping the photo doesn't seem like that big a deal to me especially since all the other photos are facing forward obviously it's something willow didn't I mean, want to look at but that doesn't feel like that's the shenanigans yeah you know <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it still is like a, a case of like, yeah, like Luce should have kind of butted out is the thing. I guess that's my yeah. hiccup about it, because it's like Willow asked her like not to get involved, and then Luce decided to get involved, and with by starting. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. I just feel like this was maybe part one of a bigger shenanigan that she had in mind. So. Yeah. Fair. But uh, yeah, so um. Anyway, they're going to send Luce and Amity into Willow's head. And Ida gives them a bell, saying that ringing it will let her know to bring them back out, and that also they should watch out for the inner Willow, the gatekeeper of emotion and memory, who may help them. The, she does the magic and sends them into Willow's head, and it's honestly pretty cute. Very pastoral. Picture frames set into tree trunks, vines everywhere. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's a fancy yes, ass for indeed. It. Luce approaches one of them and touches it, and then immediately dives in headfirst when she discovers it's not solid. So, again, with the, the impulse thing. Yeah, I, I feel like somebody has to have made an edit where as soon as Luce goes in, it does the Mario 64 screen select. <laughs> I feel like that, I feel like that's like if that hasn't been done, it's just an inevitability <laughs> at some point because <laughs> it's like it really does this thing feel like it's just jumping in the giant paintings yeah. in that game. <laughs> also, I I especially also like uh, Sarah Nicole Robles' delivery of I'm gonna put my face <laughs> in this. <laughs> it's just very funny. <laughs> so they uh, they go to a black and white memory of a place called Lake Lacuna where Amity and Willow took swimming lessons and built a fort together ages and ages ago. Uh, Willow had protected the fort with an illusion spell so the swim teacher wouldn't find it. They clearly were really not interested in swimming that day. <laughs> but uh, Amity finds nope. part of the fort is broken and fixes it, which both boots them out of the memory and fixes it. It is in color now, and they get to watch it happen. 
Um, seeing this, Luce runs off to try and fix more, but Amity diverts her away from the hug picture from earlier, and they go into the awkward hair photo instead. And you had mentioned this. They fixed the kind of weird cutaway thing for last episode, but it's very much back in this one. Because we're going to get several cuts to Ida, uh, King, and Gus, and they never last more than 10 to 12 seconds. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't as bothered in this one, because it's really more they cut to them just as a, for the most part, a way of like showing that they're distracted and can't get them out of Willow's memories. Like it, It's like more like a, like especially the first one where it's just Ida just like doing like a talent show thing with the bells. It's like, that's just a goof. It's like, yeah, it makes sense that that's like five seconds. It's not like you need to really yeah. linger on that much. I, yeah, I guess I was, yeah, it's a bit strange, but also I just wasn't as powerful in this one because it's not like you're cutting to the character for like a 30 second conversation that could have been put somewhere else and then cutting back to what's actually going on with the main Yeah, task. I just feel like it would have been a more solid episode if we didn't have that at all. Like, I, I realize mm, we need an excuse yeah, for them to not be taken out of the head when they do ring the bell the first time. Yeah. But... It just it it rings weird to me. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. So outside of the head, Gus. Outside of Willow's head, I don't know why I'm just calling it the head all of a sudden. <laughs> Gus conjures an illusion of himself because he wants to try and interview it, but Ida butts in and saying she's important, noteworthy, and accomplished, which are the requirements he's looking for, and that she should be the one he interviews. So King is, of course, jealous. Uh, we get a montage of Luce and Amity fixing memories, a roller coaster ride, a day on the swings with her dads, etc. Uh, Amity notes that Willow throws up when she's having fun, and that's how you know she's having fun. So, gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely definitely not that experience I've found in the few times I've thrown up <laughs> across my life. I, usually not a fun experience yeah, if that happens. I'm really glad that I don't have that particular fun reaction. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, Amity's starting to feel really bad about messing all this up, but Luce encourages her because they're really good at fixing memories. Uh, she asks what happened between the two of them, but a purple fire thing walks past in the background and distracts Amity, and Luce thinks she's just deflecting, which, honestly, fair. Uh, back outside, Gus is having Ida and King compete for the interview. He's asking them questions fast, and they're put off by this. Uh, it's it's definitely a weird little scene, but it establishes what's going to happen later. Yeah, I also have to point out here real quick, uh, as we find out in Season 2, Episode 5, Gus says he only knows illusion magic, but he definitely has the, the light yeah, he spell sure here. So it's like, I guess potentially also, like much like uh, Tibble's like making a flat screen TV, I guess maybe a ball of light is an illusion spell or something, because it is like affecting the Yeah, I feel like a ball of light, or, I think that very well might be an illusion spell, because we have seen from his other illusions that yeah, they're it, able to interact with physical objects, you know? He can create an illusion that makes notes, yeah. so next to that, I don't feel like lighting yeah, up I, an area is that. Yeah, I feel like it like falls under that category. I also just like that, like basically every time that Gus actually confronts one of his villains directly, it's just him trying <laughs> to kill it. Just like yeah, just like last time in episode nine, where he just like sees that the solution is just admitting it's not paying attention in class, so he just like shows up and just the, does the whole like running a knife across his yeah. throat kind of motion, and it just, in this one. He loses his it's like, oh yeah, I'd rather die than tell you my secrets. And the guy's like, well, die, you <laughs> shall. <laughs> like, 
Because maybe you need to figure out why your illusions are so antagonistic <laughs> towards you. Um, yeah, so uh, back in the memories, Luce and Amity have fixed all but one of them, the picture of Willow and Amity hugging. And Amity wants to skip it and just leave it, but Luce insists. She feels like Amity's trying to hide something. And Amity responds that Luce isn't helping anyone, she's just prying into her friends' lives. Which, nice ad hominem attack, kid. You're gonna go far. Yeah, but also she's not fully wrong, in a sense, because, like, I mean, she does, she did earlier lure Luce away from it by saying, like, this one looks like it might be about a crush, and Luce is like, ooh. Yeah. And it's like, that's also, also, again, Luce, not great. <laughs> like, don't, don't pry into stuff like that, even though it's, like, clearly just a lie about it, but it's like, eh, don't. I do have <laughs> that's a note about that, that later, yours. but yeah, absolutely, it's. Luce is a little too into this, but she is legitimately trying to help at the same time, you know? That's just yeah. an unfair accusation. Yeah, fair, yeah. She, yeah, she does want to help Willow, but, like, yeah, like you said, she gets a little bit too into, like, learning stuff that Willow might not exactly, want her to yeah. know. But, so, uh, yeah, as they're having this argument, they smell something burning, and it's the fire monster from before. It is reburning all the memories they fixed. Uh, Luce rings the bell for help, but Ida does not hear her because she is performing a bell choir concert in an attempt to impress Gus. King tries to play the spoons in the washboard at the same time. It does not work. He's basically just banging aluminum siding with a spoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it. I mean, like, in this scenario, if it was the uh, the chance, like the choice between these two, I mean, yeah. that's obviously Ida. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, King. It's it's Ida. <laughs> So yeah, since they can't get out, they're trapped in Willow's head, and they see the fire monster just systematically destroying all of the photos of Amity in them. And as soon as they realize this, it spots the real one and chases after her, because I guess it's it's kind of like a T-Rex, except it only sees recognition. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Luce takes them back into the Lake Lacuna memory, and draws a frost sigil in the sand, which he uses to dump the fire monster into the lake by basically just sliding it across. And then she hugs Amity really big, saying that they did good teamwork. I disagree, they did not do good teamwork, but... Yeah, Amity really didn't do anything here, but I mean, I still appreciate it because it's like their first, like, proper... Well, I guess not proper hug, because Amity's not hanging back, but it definitely is, like... I just appreciate, like, Amity's reaction on her face where she's just a big blessing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if it wasn't already apparent at this point to anybody that Lumity <laughs> would be a thing, it's like, I feel like this episode definitely sets it up because she did also bless earlier when uh, uh, Luce is trying to, like, build up her confidence of them being able to <laughs> fix this together. Yeah, so, um, in the lake, though, with the fire extinguished now, the monster is revealed to be the inner willow. She says she used to be a being of all the emotions, but since they set the place on fire, all she can feel is anger. Uh, she thinks Amity did this deliberately, like she was trying to hurt Willow, and is now going to burn every part of herself that's associated with Amity. Uh, in a sort of big villain monologue, she tosses Amity into the memory that they've been avoiding, and very creepily invites Luce to follow. And this is where I have my notes about Luce being way too into this, because... Yeah... Yeah, I'm again. I'm <laughs> uncomfortable with her willingness to invade her friend's privacy. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, at least she does get her just desserts by getting yeeted through the painting, which I definitely have seen a looping version of that where it's just literally flying through the <laughs> painting through, like, to hit the wall. 
<laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, at least, like, she gets, like, some, like, just desserts there. Because it's like, yeah, like... Again, you shouldn't throw a kid into a wall or anything. But it's like, again... This maybe stop being this yeah. eaten into this shit. Like up to now, I feel like it's been at a manageable level, right? Like she was curious, but she was actively helping at the same time. This is just yeah. crying. Yeah, this is a bit too much. So in the memory, though, we see a young Amity, I don't know, maybe eight years old, telling Willow that she doesn't want to be friends anymore because Willow is a weakling and can't do magic properly. Um, this is, according to Inner Willow, the the, the the core point. But she's also mad that Amity let her new friends pick on Willow all these years. But she is grateful that she can now erase that pain by erasing Amity entirely. Which is not a thing that anybody mentioned could happen inside your head, but that would have been a nice word. Yeah, either, either, yeah, either definitely did not mention that. <laughs> This might be illegal. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's slightly unethical. She didn't mention that if you die in it, you should like, die. She said it was partially real. illegal, which I had a big question about. So I, I don't know how it's partially illegal to do this because it doesn't feel like you're doing I, more than the one action, you know? Yeah, I mean, it might, she might, cons it might be considered partially illegal because even though you're trying to do good through it by trying to restore a person's memories, you definitely could really fuck up yeah, things even more. Yeah, I guess more. that's fair. But yeah, so um, Inner Willow starts erasing Amity, and Amity just asks her to wait, and she totally does. It's very considerate of her, considering the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we see part of Amity's memory, part that happens just before the last scene, which is her parents telling her that Willow can't be at her party because Willow isn't on the guest list. Um, baby Amity's upset because Willow's her best friend, but her parents don't want her there because she's not a strong enough witch. And they threaten that if Amity doesn't cut off contact, they will keep her, keep Willow out of Hexside forever. Um, they suggest that she should be with the friends they've chosen instead, which are, surprisingly enough, Basha and, um, Skara. What do you know? <laughs> mm hmm Also worth pointing out here, uh, this, like, like six or like six to eight year old Amity, however old she is, already has the necklace on at this point, which, as we'll find out early in season two, is really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Super fucked up. Like, it's also just weird because it's like Alador in this episode is way meaner than he actually comes across once we actually yeah, probably that's meet true. him. I mean, we won't see him for a little while. It's, it's, yet, I so. mean, yeah, it's it's just a bit strange. Like, I guess like one interpretation of it is that he's just like following along with what Odalia like wanted to do here. It's one way you might be able to see it because it's like you know we he doesn't come across as nearly this much of an asshole when we I actually see it him. It just wasn't fully fleshed so, like, out yet. I mean, right here he's just sort of a yeah, flashback it, it, ghost. You know, it's not even yeah. It, yeah, maybe like something in his like characterization changed a bit between seasons or whatever, or maybe it is just, like, in this case, he was just following along with Adalia or whatever, and then, like, eventually, I mean, admittedly, the thing that gets, like, does have him, like, actually, like, go against what she wants in season two is her trying to murder <laughs> her child, so maybe he at least has some limitations, but is not yeah. a good person overall. So, um, yeah, current Amity says that Willow was never too weak to be her friend, but that Amity was too weak to be Willow's, 
and promises not to let Basha or her gang pick on Willow anymore. I assume this is referring to the teens that King took over back in the few episodes ago, but I don't know. Um, worth noting, in this scene, Luz is standing in the background, covering her mouth with both hands, just in utter horror. And I have a note, that's what you get for snooping. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't read it as horror, I think it's just her being like, oh, this is so wholesome, because... Yeah, yay. that is not a wholesome face she's making. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, the, the eyes. The eyes are haunted. <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, seeing this, Inner Willow changes her mind and says that she thinks Willow should keep the memories, both good and bad, and lets them go to fix all the memories again. And as they're leaving, she shows up with baby Inner Willow. I'm not entirely sure what this is, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know how there's the two inner willows. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> so Luz asks if this means they're friends again, and Amity says she's not sure, but they ring the bell. And we cut to Ida and King having finished apparently a huge number, just a show number of some sort. Musical, clowning, juggling, it seems like, from the props. And Gus decides that Hootie is the one he's going to interview, because apparently he thinks the Owl House created Ida and King. So... Number one, bad history there, boyo. Maybe it for you, Ida. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of understand this rationalization of like, oh, clearly the Arrow House is what creates such interesting people because, you know, we have interesting <laughs> people that live here. So obviously they have to have some sort of commonality there. So it's obviously Hootie. <laughs> but it's... It, it's also Hootie. I mean, it, it's, he quickly comes to regret Well, this. yeah, I just... I don't know. We know for a fact that Ida taught Hootie everything he knows, so... It's, it's just a, a backwards... Yeah, but also... But also but also, Hootie might be thousands of years old? We're not sure. <laughs> like, Amity does say how demons get weird after a couple thousand years, so it's like, I don't know if that's just a general thing, or if that's a Hootie thing, or if she might think Hootie's that old, or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I truly do not know, but as far as I see, what matters is that Hootie thinks she taught him everything he knows. I mean, to be fair, Hootie is an idiot. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's a good boy, but he's an idiot. So, uh, yeah, Gus heads out to interview Hootie, and Ida threatens to bake Hootie into a pie. She refers to him as a bird, which surprised me. I thought he was a bug, but I guess he's a bird. Um, at this point, she brings Amity and Luce out, and Willow wakes up with her memories intact, and there's another hug. Amity tries to, like, slip out and leave, but Willow stops her and tells her that she remembers what they did in her head, and says it's a start to being friends again, even if they're not quite there yet. And then we close with Hootie just being the worst possible interview subject, telling Gus his first word, which was hoot, and his second word, which was hoot hoot, and then singing a song about being bored. Gus has not been talking to him for even a minute, but cannot handle this and just leaves, so I guess he's failing his report. <laughs> and credits. Yep. Big ol' F. Uh, well, I mean, we do also have, like, Amity, like, walk off and release the butterfly invitation <laughs> before that. Which is, again, good. I, I, I do really do like the fact that, like, they just don't have their friendship fixed automatically. Like, I like that, like, they have to acknowledge, like, yeah, this wouldn't, this is a start. It wouldn't make things yeah, for sure. better. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's, it's a good moral lesson that you can't just fix things automatically. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good episode. 
I really like this one. Because, like, I mean, again, it's, like, kind of like the second Willow episode, since episode <laughs> six was kind of that beforehand, too. But I, I really do like that, like, this is, like, actually, like, way more about her. And, like, also, like, obviously, there's a continuation in that one, because that's where we learned that they yeah. used to be friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I honestly don't have a lot else with this episode. Like, I kind of feel like we hit everything there. I do have just two little things that I felt <laughs> were interesting to note. Uh, when they reference uh, Lake Lacuna, uh, I actually looked this up. A lacuna is a reference in both, in like two different regards, because a lacuna is a cavity or depression, especially in bone, when it comes to an, uh, anatomical terminology. So, uh, uh, yeah, like more gross bone shit because they're boiling out right. the big skeleton. Uh, also, there is a lacuna ink that erases unwanted memories in Eternal Sunshine of the huh. Spotless Mind. Which also on point. <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty interesting like double joke there, I guess. <laughs> uh, the other thing I only really have here about this is uh, if you look at the light, the ice cliff that Luce uses against Ender Willow, it looks quite different than the usual one. It lacks the middle line going through like the top part, and the diamond on the bottom is replaced by a triangle instead. So it's like. We obviously know that, like, Luce is, like, starting to, like, experiment with Gilles a little bit, just because, like, she does get them to do, like, different effects, like how we've seen, like, the light spell, like, yeah. basically burst a piece of paper in the flame before it, like, actually, like, blinds instead of just make the ball of light. But it's, like, I'm, I'm very curious to be, like, I guess, obviously, like, Luce must be practicing and experiment with them off screen, yeah. and we just don't see it. But this is like I think if I remember correctly, I think it's like the most we ever do see one directly of like this looks way different. If I'm totally honest, I feel like this is probably an animation error because the ice isn't doing anything new. It's it, just it creating be, yeah. a pedestal the way it usually does. So Yeah, fair. It, it might just be a mistake. But, I mean, while we're on the subject though, we know that using the glyphs consumes the thing that it's written on. So did she just eat up part of Willow's memory with that? <laughs> Look, don't, don't, think, don't think about it. We already had to acknowledge that when it came to using it on the wall of Hootie, and it's like, did it consume his flesh? But don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of, a sh kind of a shorter one overall for us this week, I think. Because, like, I mean, understanding whether mm -hmm. it was a big episode, but it's also, like, it's, it's not as big, big as some of the bigger ones, especially yeah. compared to next week. And, again, like, really small problems with the pretty small <laughs> one. Hey, fitting. But yeah, uh, I just have a let's see, a little bit here with uh, we don't have many in terms of Lucy's crimes. It's really just the uh, partially illegal memory modification, which at least like they do good with it, but <laughs> it's still a crime, so it counts. Uh, and then yeah, uh, this week for the artist stuff, I am going to shill. Oh God, I'm trying to think of other pronouns now. Uh, Thea Arts, I believe is how you would spell it. Uh, or pronounce it uh, T H E A A R T S Z. Uh, I I I think I'm pretty sure that her name is Thea, and I I you know she's just an art account, so she's <laughs> Thea Arts. Uh, she makes a lot of fan art that looks just like official stills from the show. <laughs> like there's one that she did recently of Hootie being the best uh, wingless man, which I'm kind of proud of about that because she does have wings. Uh, to raise loose up to Amity's window <laughs> so they can kiss. Uh, she did a free wallpaper of Luce teaching Emily how to ice skate, which is very cute, and my uh, <laughs> computer background, not gonna lie. 
Uh, also, has made like uh, very slow animations of the show, just like in just little goofy things. Of like, there's an adorable one where Lou scoops up Amity, like doing a little twirl, and Amity kisses her at the end. And to also just like chill, what she's doing, she's making a show pilot called Stars Align, which looks kind of nice. cute. Yep. Just again, as is the trend with this, I just show people that make really cute <laughs> art. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, and they're all different uh, versions of it. Well, very cool. Do we have uh, any questions this week? Yeah. Uh, let me double check. I didn't see any before we begin. Let me see. Yep, nothing. In the future, if you do have questions, you can find us at usweirdoscast on Twitter, and we're also at uh, usweirdoscast at gmail.com, both of which would be perfectly great places to send questions. Um. I think yep. we're pretty, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, kind of, again, kind of a shorter one today, but I mean, hey, it's 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 really because really small yeah, problems. That's really true, quick. and it helps that we pretty much already know all yeah. our voice actors by this point. Yeah, like again, like I, I don't think when I was thinking of that just like a couple weeks ago, it's like it's really at this point just like Hunter, mm -hmm. really. And, and and also uh, V, I guess, is like really the last two I can really think of in terms of like new new characters that I want to bring Very up. Because like I mean, their voice actors are pretty freaking <laughs> prolific. <laughs> All right, well we'll get to them yeah. soon enough. On uh, I guess I guess also technically Bellows because oh, we haven't yeah, actually heard Bellows talk yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we're getting there. we're getting there very quickly. So uh, next week we mm -hmm. will be covering. Episodes 16 and 17, Enchanting Gromfright and Wing It Like Witches. These are the big gay ones, so, yep. you know, be here. Oh, they are so, they are so gay. <laughs> and somehow it still surprises me that gay sports is gayer than gay prom. <laughs> I don't know how they managed it, but they did. But, uh, yeah, so we will yep. very much be looking forward to gay sports and gay prom next week, but... In the meantime, uh, yep. you can find me at patch underscore jacket on Twitter, where I mostly retweet things I find, but also, you know, every now and then I post a picture of my cat. And who doesn't like that? Oh, yeah, that's where that's kind of what I feel like we're going to be going, considering all the pictures I've taken of my roommate's cats already. <laughs> uh, I'm sure at some point I'll post them to my Twitter, which is uh, mirror underscore quill, M-Y-R underscore quill. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that about covers it, so thanks for listening, and remember, until next time, mm -hmm. us weirdos have to stick together. Us weirdos have to stick Bye. together. God, I think that's actually the best we did. <laughs> I that up. God damn it. I was like, oh, I think that's the best we did, the, the us weirdos thing, and then I fucked up forgetting about the no worries. <laughs> Whatever. We got plenty of more episodes, we'll get them. We don't... We we don't do this professionally. We don't get paid for this shit. We're doing it for funsies. <laughs> <All right>. Later. <laughs> yep. Later.